This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. When God created us, he made us to be social beings, not isolated worshiping individuals. One of our greatest blessings in this world is our Christ-exalting friendships. Please stay with us today as we talk more about the importance of these relationships in today's message entitled, How to Have a 3 a.m. Friendship. Do you have a 3 a.m. friend in your life? Someone you can call any time, night, or day? Because God wants that for you. The journey of faith is not meant to be walked alone. So that's what we'll talk about today as we look at Paul's second letter to Timothy in our New Testament. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? God of glory and might, we gather before your throne this day to worship you and remember your greatness. As we open your sacred word, speak your truth into our lives so that we might grow in grace and knowledge of you. To you be honor and glory. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Paul writes, As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon. 
For Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica, and Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark. Bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I have sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. You also must beware of him, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Speak, 
Dear friends, one of my all-time favorite movies comes on each year around Christmas season. It's with Jimmy Stewart called uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It's about a fellow named George Bailey who, uh, at one point, when things are getting so bad, wishes he had never been born. And then an angel comes and shows him what life would have been like in this world without him. Anyway, at the end of the movie, Clarence the Angel, as George's friends are all rallying about him to save him from a financial crisis, writes him a little note. And he says to him, Dear George, no man is a failure who has friends. Clarence is right. To have a good friend is one of the highest delights of life. We tend to refer to people as friends rather loosely these days. If you ask someone, do you have a lot of friends? Oh, yeah, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends on Facebook. Or we talk about people that we know, acquaintances as friends sometimes. There's work friends and church friends. And for guys, it's uh, buddies that I do stuff with. How about a 3 a.m. friend? When you're sitting in a dark time, Alone, a crisis perhaps has hit, and life is closing in on you, and you feel like your world is falling apart. Do you have a friend you could call on to come and be with you? At our church, we call those 3 a.m. friends, deep soul friendships. Many people don't have that kind of person in their lives. It's not surprising. There's so much loneliness in America today, especially among men. And a variety of reasons that make that a reality. There's so many barriers to developing true and lasting friendships. There's the pace of life, the distractions of life, like television and the internet, and video games. There's the mobility of life. People move frequently from job to job, from area to area. The isolation of life. We drive to our jobs and then drive home and close the garage door and sit by ourselves in front of a screen typically each night. There's the cynicism of life, too. We distrust people and are reluctant to let our guard down. And we get too busy to nurture relationships. It's hard to love someone when you're in a hurry. Sad thing, you know, missing out on this kind of friendship is missing out on a richer life. Because everyone needs someone like that, a 3 a.m. friend. As a Christian, you might be thinking, well, I have the Lord God in my life. He's my friend. And I'm glad that is the case. But sometimes we need God with skin on. I remember a little story about a young little girl that woke up in the middle of the night crying. She had a bad dream. Mother goes in to comfort her. 
and uh, she thinks she's got to calm down, and she's headed back to her own bedroom, and the little girl says, you're leaving me? Don't leave me. And mother says, well, God is with you. And the little girl said, I need God with skin on right now. It's true. Sometimes we need God with skin on. We need that human touch in our lives. We human beings always have needed God with skin on when you think about it. From Adam in the Garden of Eden when God said it's not good for man to be alone. To King David who surrounded himself with friends through the hard times as well as through the good. Jesus himself valued friendship, didn't he? As he called the twelve to be with him in his ministry. We find the Apostle Paul was experiencing that same sort of need uh, in our passage for today. Paul's time of departure is coming soon. He's on death row in Rome. There's no get-out-of-jail-free card. He's far from the familiar, from his homeland. He's uncomfortable. He's chained to soldiers. He's he's in a prison. He's, he's cold physically. Winter is coming. He needs his coat. He's hungry, not just physically, but he's hungry for God's word. He mentions that he needs his books that have been left behind in Troas. Never done learning with the word of God, you know. Mostly he's feeling abandoned and alone. Yeah, he's experienced the power of the Lord standing by him. He mentions that in our passage today, strengthening him as he stood trial before his enemies. But right now, Paul needs God with skin on. He needs his friends. He had many friends, it sounds like, from the endings of his various letters in the New Testament when he he would send greetings to various individuals. He understood the value of friendship and support, and he, he needed a friend then in this letter to Timothy, but not just any friend, though. He needed his 3 a.m. friend, and that would be Timothy. We see him appealing to his Friend Timothy in this letter, do your best to come to me soon. That's a big ask on Paul's part, by the way. Not very convenient at all for Timothy. It would take some sacrifice, some doing on his part. He would be putting himself out there for Paul. He'd be risking his own life, or perhaps his freedom, as he identifies with Paul as a friend in Christ. The cost of the time and the energy is a thousand miles away and the resources it would take to make the trip and worrying about his congregation that had been giving him trouble. What would happen with the church? Would it fall apart while he's gone? <laughs> Do your best to come to me soon, Timothy, Paul pleads. Question for you to consider. Do you suppose Timothy came as Paul requested? I'd bet my bottom dollar that he did. And here's why. There was a special bond between these two men, a deep friendship between an older man as the mentor and a younger man who's learning the ropes. They were soul friends. And how did it come about? How did that relationship develop? How does that kind of friendship happen in one's life? Well, as you look through the whole letter of 2 Timothy, you find some clues that are helpful to consider for our own friendship building. For one, deep soul friendships take time and being present 
as I say, withness. Paul and Timothy shared all kinds of experiences. You look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, Now you've observed my teaching, Timothy, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my suffering, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. They were with together in good times and in bad. They traveled a lot together on these missionary journeys. There were good times and hard times. There was lots of conversation, opportunities to observe one another as they served Christ together. They spent time composing letters to the various churches we see as we look at the other letters. They stayed in touch when separated. That usually leads to something very profound and special. I had a special friend like that, the former speaker for this radio ministry, Homer Larson, and I traveled a lot together. He was my best friend. We traveled to preaching conferences together and evangelism conferences. We spent a lot of time traveling together. And I am so much richer to have known him and shared life with him that way. And even to this day, I feel the loss of him not being around. And I have other individuals that I would call 3 a.m. friends. There's Rob, and who I call on uh, on a weekly basis and talk to, or we text back and forth. And there's Dave, and we socialize together as well as serve together. And there's a certain bond there. If you want a deep soul friendship, you need to commit to that time and presence with someone. Another thing they had was uh, there was some... Transparency. Deep soul friendships involve self-disclosure, cultivating transparency. They knew each other's personal histories well. Paul knew about Timothy's mom and grandma, Eunice and Lois, and his background, what kind of a father he had. And Tim knew of Paul's sordid past. Nothing was hidden from one another. And as you read the whole letter to Timothy, Paul openly shares his heart and his soul, his affections. He doesn't hide anything. He says, I'm dying. My, the race, the end of my race has come, and I need you here with me. And obviously, as he's encouraging Timothy throughout this personal letter about his own ministry, It's apparent that Tim has shared some of his own fears and weaknesses as a fellow minister, and Paul knows his strengths and weaknesses, and he addresses those in this letter. Deep soul friendships require willingness to show yourself, to be perhaps what you would say vulnerable with each other. Their deep soul friendship had expressions of affection, There's a lot of affection being expressed in this letter. There's tenderness and love and care being expressed by Paul. I'm praying for you, Timothy. I'm grateful to God whenever I remember you in my prayers, and I'm constantly praying for you night and day. And oh, how I long to see you, because when I see you, that fills me with joy. Paul says he remembers Timothy's tears at their parting. Perhaps he's referring to Acts 20, where Paul met with the Ephesian elders, and Paul wept, and they embraced one another as they said their goodbyes. Was Timothy in that group? Who knows? He begins his letter, My beloved child. More than once, 
Paul refers to Timothy with terms of endearment, such as my son, my beloved. No doubt in Timothy's mind, this guy loves me. He cares about me. There was a lot of encouragement and affirmation as well. Deep soul friendships have encouragement, affirmation, a lot of this kind of sentiment. Tim, I believe in you. Let me remind you, you're called by God. You have a gift for preaching. God has great plans for you. I laid my hands on you at your ordination. I poured myself into you, entrusting to you the precious good news of Jesus. And now I'm asking that you guard that good news that I've given and stick with it. And you can, I believe, because you have the Holy Spirit living in you, Tim. How's that for encouragement and affirmation? Their deep soul friendship had trust. These kind of friendships grow. Deep soul friendships with trustworthiness. Paul described Timothy as one that he trusted fully. In other letters, he'd say there's no one like him that has a genuine care for for your congregation like Tim. We see that in Philippians. Timothy didn't run when the chips were down on those travels with Paul. He stayed with him. They had learned that they could rely on each other. I'm entrusting the gospel ministry to you, Timothy, all that I've begun. Paul said to him. And deep soul friendships, finally, are grounded firmly in the gospel and the promises of Jesus Christ. Jesus was their strength, their consolation, their common ground, their counsel to one another as they went through the ups and downs of life. There was this common eternal friendship with Jesus at the center. I came across this statement that says, Jesus is the only totally reliable friend for sinners. He is the only flawless friend, and therefore the only friend who can make other friendships eternal. As much as you might love your earthly friends and family, they cannot rescue you from every evil deed and bring you safely into the heavenly kingdom. There's only one friend that can do that, Jesus Christ. He loves you. Look what he did for you at the cross. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, they would say to one another. A person truly is rich and not a failure with a friend or two like that in their lives. Two personal questions for you today. Do you have someone like that, that you can turn to, that you can lean on? A 3 a.m. friend, a soul friendship? And secondly, wouldn't you like to be a friend like that? You see, that's what God wants for you. Keep your eyes open to find friendship possibilities. God has provided them. Jesus never intended that the enjoyment of his presence would replace the enjoyment of the presence of other Christians. Jesus didn't die on a cross to create isolated worshiping individuals. He died to create Christ-exalting friendships. And you know where you can find those kind of friendships? Where do I find a Paul? Where do I find a Timothy or a Paula or a Tamara to do life together with? In the church. The church is a good place to start. Get plugged in to the church. 
in worship and in service with, with other Christians. In our congregation, we have a small group Bible study ministry that's been helping people make friends like that for the last 30 years. And I'm amazed at what is done in relationships uh, in my own life as well as I've participated in these. Not too long ago, I I went up to uh, witness an adoption taking place. Five hours away, my wife and I drove to go up there. And when we got there, there were all these people that were waiting, didn't know we were coming, but they were there. I said, what are you doing here? These are church people. They said, we're in a group with this couple. We love them. We've been praying for them the last year and a half as they've gone through this procedure. We wanted to see this now. Recently, I was doing a funeral, and some people showed up that I didn't expect. And I said, what's your connection? Oh, we, we're in a small group with this family. It's been a real blessing. As they encourage and share joy, they rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And that's what God longs for you to have. And that's what everyone needs is something like that, a deep soul friendship. May you have just that in your life. Amen. Father, you have provided everything we need for facing the ups and downs of life with you. Your presence and power, the family of faith, to encourage and support us along the way. May we not only seek soul friends within the community of faith, but may we also seek to be a soul friend to others. In the name of our greatest friend Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. Amen.
You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to keep your eyes open to finding friendship possibilities which God has provided. Christian Crusaders is 82 years old. Our first broadcast went over the airwaves in 1936. You're invited to help us celebrate with an anniversary gift to the ministry of $82 or more. Your donation will be used to ensure Christian Crusaders continues to broadcast the gospel for many more years to come. Please direct your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. To find out more about the many ways you can support our ministry, please call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Be sure to check out our engaging website, christiancrusaders.org, for more information about this ministry or to hear today's program again. And for daily inspiration to enlighten your spirit, visit us on Facebook. We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online, and now celebrating 82 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.